Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is Saturday, and this is the end of the 22nd week after Pentecost. Today we've reached a pivotal point in our reading of 1 Samuel as we hear Samuel's farewell address. And now we begin our prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God, and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For the Lord is our helper, and the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Give glory to God, our light and our life. O come, let us worship and praise. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from 1 Samuel, chapter 12. Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to you in all that you have said to me and have set a king over you. See, it is the king who leads you now. I am old and gray, but my sons are with you. I have led you from my youth until this day. Here I am. Testify against me before the Lord and before his anointed. Whose ox have I taken, and whose donkey have I taken? Of whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed? Or from whose hand have I taken a bribe to blind my eyes with it? Testify against me, and I will restore it to you. They said, You have not defrauded us or oppressed us or taken anything from the hand of anyone. He said to them, The Lord is witness against you, and his anointed anointed is witness this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, He is witness. Samuel said to the people, The Lord is witness, who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of the land of Egypt. Now, therefore, take your stand, so that I may enter into judgment with you before the Lord, and I will declare to you all the saving deeds of the Lord that he performed for you and for your ancestors. When Jacob went into Egypt, and the Egyptians oppressed them, then your ancestors cried to the Lord, and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron, who brought forth your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. And he sold them into the hand of Sisera, commander of the army of Jabin of Hazor. 
and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab, and they fought against them. Then they cried to the Lord and said, We have sinned, because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served the Baals and the Astartes. But now, rescue us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve you. And the Lord sent Jerubbabel, and Barak, and Jepheth, and Samson, and rescued you out of the hand of your enemies on every side, and you lived in safety. But when you saw King Nahash of the Ammonites came against you, you said to me, No, but a king shall reign over us, though the Lord your God was your king. See, here is the king whom you have chosen, for whom you have asked. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and heed his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, and if both you and the king who reigns over you will follow the Lord your God, it will be well. But if you will not heed the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you and your king. Now, therefore, take your stand and see this great thing that the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not the wheat harvest today? I will call up upon the Lord, that he may send thunder and rain, and you shall know and see that the wickedness that you have done in the sight of the Lord is great in demanding a king for yourselves. So Samuel called upon the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. All the people said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we may not die, for we have added to all our sins the evil of demanding a king for ourselves. And Samuel said to the people, Do not be afraid. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after useless things that cannot profit or save, for they are useless. For the Lord will not cast away his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will instruct you in the good and in the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. If you have a way to mark a place in your Bible, then place a marker at 1 Samuel chapter 12. This is not only the pivotal chapter when Israel transitions from the leadership of the judges to the leadership of a king, but it is also the renewal of the ancient covenant between the Lord and Israel. So that covenant now encompasses the establishment of the monarchy. It is here where we are reminded that what God makes God's people, what makes God's people God's people, is the special relationship that has been established with them by God, who took the initiative and made a covenant with Abraham, who heard their cries and rescued them from slavery in Egypt, a covenant that that claims them as God's people and bids them to love their God with their whole heart, with their whole being, 
and to put that love into practice by remaining faithful to God and acting out of love for each other. Samuel reminds Israel that since they were slaves in Egypt, the Lord has heard their cry and acted to save them. That the leadership structure God established for Israel when God raised up Moses, all the way to the time when God had appointed Samuel. That this structure, this this arrangement had served them well and had grown naturally out of the covenant itself. It has been the Lord who has led and ruled over this people. It is the Lord who spoke through Moses and who is now speaking through Samuel to pray and intercede for them, to teach them, to lead them, to guide them according to the word of the Lord. It is the Lord who comes to their aid to set them free from all who oppress them. In a scene that evokes a trial with the Lord, all of Israel is called into an assembly and its new anointed king is called his witness too. Samuel makes a case first to vindicate his own leadership. There is no charge against Samuel. It stands in contrast to what he has said a king will do. A king will continually take, take, take from the people. Samuel has proved that he has taken nothing from them, but served them diligently. Then Samuel lays out the case to vindicate the Lord. Has not the Lord heard your cry and acted to save you? Do not the the recitation of the mighty deeds of the Lord show how God has acted to save you, to deliver you, and how much your God loves you? Has not the Lord remained faithful to you and kept the Lord's promises? And in the end, the Lord too is vindicated. And who has been wronged? It is Israel who has wronged the Lord, who has sinned against them by asking for a king. And so they ask Samuel to intercede for them. The Israelite elders and leaders desired some sense of strength and stability. They were finding that the ups and downs of their nation's history was intolerable to continue, and also most likely very bad for their business. They asked for a king, the institution of a stable government that would secure their borders and protect their interest. Samuel asserts, however, that the instability they fear has actually come from the nation itself, from the way it has strayed from keeping the covenant that the Lord had established with them, from the way it has failed to love God and love neighbor, and from the way that they have gone after other gods, serving other gods, and forgetting to love the Lord with their whole heart, mind, and strength. They have not listened to the Lord. Here Samuel calls the nation to repentance. He calls them to return to Torah, to keep it faithfully. And he now puts the office of king also under God's rule and authority, under the rule of the covenant, under Torah. The king will not be above God or God's word, but subject to it himself and responsible for it. And in that way, the king will be as any other Israelite. You wanted a king, Samuel seems to say. Now the Lord has given you a king. But whether there is a king or not is inconsequential. What matters is first God's faithfulness to the covenant that remains in effect because God remains faithful and will never desert you or let you go. What matters next is that the people and their king walk according to the ways of the Lord. If they remain faithful, all will be well. But if they go astray, then they will be swept away, the nation and its king. In Jesus, we will soon discover 
all of the conflicts of this chapter, the conflicted connections between the Lord, the covenant, the people, their desire for a king to save them instead of trusting in the Lord to reach out for them, all of those will reach their climactic end in Jesus. Well, that is yet a long way off. It is important for us to put a mark at this point so that we can understand more fully what God has done and undone for us in Jesus, the anointed, the King. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the communion of faith in your church, for the gift of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land and for this congregation. For the three who will be confirmed this weekend, for Andrew, for Elena, for Jacob, for those who govern over the nations of the world, that they may do so according to your justice, your love, and under your care. For people in countries ravaged by strife and warfare, and for all who are working to bring an end to that warfare, and to bring peace and harmony in all nations of this world. And for those who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For what else or for who else do we pray? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage, hold fast to that which is good, render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.